chapter 26, finish line. Luke 18, 31. Jesus took the 12 aside and told them, we are going up to Jerusalem and everything that is written by the prophets about the son of man will be fulfilled. Jesus did some weird things. He did things that were unexpected, strange, and sometimes even taboo. When you really stop and think about it, Jesus probably made it hard to follow him at times because of the things he would do or say that were so out of the ordinary. If you were his disciple, you would get to see these incredible miracles worked by the power of God firsthand. But on the other hand, Sometimes you might be scratching your head along with everyone else trying to figure out what in the world he was up to. From a public relations perspective, Jesus broke all the rules. From a purely human point of view, if Jesus was trying to build a kingdom, he was going about it all wrong. He alienated the powerful people and focused his time and attention on people who couldn't give him anything. Even when he worked great miracles... Jesus would carefully and strictly instruct people not to tell anyone what had happened to them. He insisted on healing people on the Sabbath day, even though it infuriated the leadership and confused everyone else. It was like he was trying to pick a fight on purpose. Jesus talked to and hung out with people everyone else avoided. Now, this might seem like a small thing, but... Striking up a conversation in public with a foreign woman ostracized even by her own people was crossing so many lines. He told professional fishermen how to do their job. And by the way, he told them how to do it all wrong. He thinned out adoring crowds by telling them they had to eat his flesh and drink his blood. One time the disciples watched him allow his friend to die on purpose even though he freely admitted he could have stopped it from happening. When you just read through the Gospels honestly, there are a lot of these moments that leave you shaking your head and saying, really, Jesus? For instance, in Mark chapter 8, Jesus and his guys arrived in a town called Bethsaida, and the people there brought a blind man to Jesus to be healed. Jesus led the blind man outside the village and away from all the people who could have seen it. And this is where things start to get strange, because Jesus then spat on the man's eyes. Seriously, he actually spat on this dude. Now, I don't know if Jesus spat on his own hands and then rubbed it on the guy's eyes, or if he just spat right on his face, but either way, it's weird. Jesus asked, Do you see anything? And the blind dude opened his eyes and said, Well, I I see people. They look like trees walking around. Then Jesus touched the guy one more time and his eyes were opened. His sight was restored and he was completely healed. This is a strange episode loaded with questions. For instance, why take the blind guy away from the adoring crowd? That would have been good PR. Why the spit? I mean, I can't think of anything more gross than someone else's saliva on my face. And maybe the biggest question of all, why wasn't he fully healed the first time? What's with the sequel? 
Was Jesus losing his touch? I mean, why did he have to work this miracle in two parts? The worst part about all these questions is the fact that Jesus didn't answer any of them. I guess this kind of thing happened so often that the disciples just sort of got used to it. Their Lord said and did strange and mysterious things, and he didn't always explain them. Maybe that's why they didn't ask for an explanation when Jesus told them for the third time what was about to happen to him in Jerusalem. In chapter 18, Luke tells us that the disciples flat out did not understand what he meant when Jesus said, we are going up to Jerusalem and everything that is written by the prophets about the son of man will be fulfilled. He will be delivered over to the Gentiles. They will mock him, insult him, and spit on him. They will flog him and kill him. On the third day, he will rise again. Now, I don't know what the disciples were thinking when they heard that, but as I sit here today and read it again, there's a part of me that wants to say to Jesus, why? I mean, why does this have to happen to you? Do you really have to go through with all of it? I mean, you already laid your glory aside, emptied yourself, left heaven, and lived a poverty-stricken, rejected life as one of us. Isn't that far enough? Haven't you proven yourself? You've shown you were willing to go through with it all. Can't that just be good enough? Do you really have to be insulted and spit on? Do you have to be embarrassed and humiliated? Do you really have to be flogged and then killed? The answer, of course, is yes. This is really going to happen. It's not enough to say he's going to fulfill the prophecies. He had to carry it through. Jesus had to take everything to the very, very end. Drink the cup of wrath to the bottom. He let them do it all and carry out every last piece of their plan. He didn't stop short, but accomplished everything. He meant to. Our precious Lord had to get to the place where he could truly say, it is finished. I don't know why Jesus did some of the things he did, but maybe it's enough to know that he did them. I don't know why he didn't heal that blind guy completely the first time. I mean, obviously he's powerful enough to do that. But then again, maybe the reason has something to do with the fact that I didn't get fixed all at once either. Jesus has had to come into my life and heart and work with me over and over again. I do know this. If Jesus didn't stop short, I don't want to stop short. If he got to the finish line and accomplished his entire plan, I want to get to the finish line too. Jesus endured humiliation, torture, and death to set me free. And I don't just want part of that freedom. I want all of it. I don't want to stop at seeing people like trees walking around. I want to be fully healed. I want to get everything he paid for out of this. In other words, I want to grow. I want to change. I want a new life that's filled with Jesus-y fruit. I want Jesus in my life, and I want us to be close. I don't want to stop short. 
I want it all. For more, get to a quiet place. Read Luke 18, 31 through 34, and Mark 8, 22 through 26. Are there places in your life where Jesus has had to come in and work on you again and again? What are they? When you think about the fact that Jesus did everything necessary to make you new, does it give you any kind of a resolve to really grow in him without turning back? Talk to him about it.